Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. We're going to talk essentially about uh, fair fighting. Why? Because you're going to fight. The goal is not to never have conflict. It's just to manage it and deal with it better. Um I want to open the show by talking about something that came out in an article, but before I get there, I just want to kind of lay, lay the groundwork and just point out again that fighting is going to happen. The quality of a relationship of any kind, all kinds, is the ability and willingness to sometimes drop into conflict. That's how trust and intimacy are built, knowing that our relationship is strong enough to deal with disappointment, frustrations, and letdowns. It's just about managing it better so that we are made stronger and brought closer as a result, which is so foreign to so many people, this idea that conflict can bring us closer, make us feel stronger and safer, and it shouldn't be something that separates and wounds. So we'll be talking about that, but I wanted to kind of drop into an article that came out. Um, it was it was essentially <laughs> swirling around this ever-triggering, triggering topic that all of us these days can relate to. Uh, access to your partner's phone and devices. And it was a really interesting exploration guided by the input of a few therapists and different people were sharing, um, different non-therapist individuals were kind of processing and sharing different experiences around uh, trust and boundaries and phone use. And what was really great to read is excluding first the therapist's own weighing in on this topic, it was nice to see that a lot of the, you know, quote unquote general population really had a very evolved, mature perspective around this. And I was so thankful to see that because sometimes my little therapist heart is wounded when I see people dropping the bar for themselves and those around them and just not saying like, Hey, let's do better and be better. And let's hold each other accountable to being better. So it was an awesome, it was an awesome response. And basically the people that were discussing this topic for this article, we're saying things like, oh man, yeah, if my partner wanted my passwords or was going through my phone, that'd be a red flag. I'm an adult and I don't have relationships with people that don't trust me because I'm worthy of trust. And they're just saying beautiful things like that. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. And even the therapists were on point where they were like, listen, that is not a necessary part of a relationship. And this is where me, Dr. Chris, when I work with individuals around this topic, I always point out no structure is going to make you feel safe. And if we're trying to impose structures where we're going through people's phones and we have their passwords words because we are anxious well that doesn't not only does that not build trust but that's about control and we try to control that which we don't have trust around and so the work is really about being able to believe your partner and 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 believe in and buy into the sanctity of the relationship you have and if you're not able to do that all the passwords in the world and going through their phone isn't going to get you there 
that is not a healing intervention. It's you still acting out anxiety and control. And again, as I say on the show all the time, the work is about saying, do I need to learn to trust or am I with someone that isn't worthy of trust and we need to do work on that or I need to exit? And what was really beautifully brought forward is that, yeah, there's times where maybe you need your partner to get something for you out of your phone and you'll give them the password and say, hey, listen, um, can you pull this email or phone number out? Yeah, here's my phone password. Can you look it up for me? That has to be acceptable. And if in those moments where it's totally necessary, if your partner or you are not willing to give your password, well, then yes, that is a red flag. In general life, we shouldn't be asking for that or needing that, but there are times when we do. And it would be important for us to feel comfortable giving it out or a partner to give us give it to us. And if they don't, yeah, that's a red flag. Because again, if I'm calling home, and my phone was left at home and I'm calling on the landline, which I don't think, you know, I don't have one of those, but let's just go with this so that this example makes sense. I call home on the landline, which we don't have. And I'm like, hey, babe, can you go on my phone? I left it home. Here's my password. And can you give me, you know, said information? I should be able to do that. But if I was in the inverse and I said, hey, honey, your phone's here and I need to get a recipe out of it. I know you took a screenshot. Can I have your password? And they said, no. I'm not willing to give you that. Well, yeah, understandably, that's a red flag. It's like, okay, well, I have a very reasonable need to have your password to look for something. What are you afraid of me seeing? Um, then now I do have a concern and we should probably talk about what's going on. So there is a reasonable um, red flag embedded in this topic. It's not a hardline universal, not necessary ever, and it's never a red flag, but it has to have meaning and reason. Otherwise, we're just operating from anxiety and control. So I hope that was very clear, but I thought it was fascinating. It was this long article, many pages, a deep dive, and I loved hearing that the therapists and the people involved were like, it isn't a good relationship if you feel like you need their password uh, in order to trust them. However, we should be able to be given it and to give it out in times when it makes a lot of sense for some reason. And if not, we got we got stuff to do, work on. So I like that we're evolving forward because a lot of times it's the opposite. People just uh, running relationships from their worst and I'm just shaking my head going, oh, it's time to retire. In fact, those kinds of things tell me it's never time to retire. There's just that much more work to do. So anyway, hence the purpose of shows like Loveline, you know? Mental health, it's woven into every aspect of our lives, including our cell phone use. So anywho, when we come back, we're gonna talk about fair fighting, which is something that we all need to understand and learn. Oh yes, all of us. Um, and uh, otherwise, we'll also be doing some DMs. So if you've got a question for us, a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to cover, circle back, drop deeper into, always anonymous, always confidential, put those questions and topics in our DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes of the show always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Take me on a hike, a trip, wherever you're going. Otherwise, stick around. More to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about the bane of many people's existence or uh, the... Uh, constant snag or obstacle within the relationship, which is how you go about dealing with conflict. Probably among, if not the most important thing for a couple to assess. And I mean that in terms of a friendship, I mean that in terms of a romantic relationship, any relationship we have often, but especially in more primary relationships like, you know, best friendship and romantic relationship, um, is the assessment is how well do we manage conflict? And that will determine the safety, the trust, the health, the intimacy, and the sustainability of that relationship. Which is why I'm always advocating for people to move slow in their dating. Again, dating is for us to decide if we should have a relationship based on our experience of each other and paying attention to what we co-create. And one of those things that we wait for, or I wait for to assess a relationship is their first set of conflict. I don't care how soon it arises. People get hung up on we're fighting too soon or we're fighting and that's bad or it shouldn't be happening this early. I don't care how quick it happens. I don't care how often it happens. I care about how you go about it because that determines the health. Some people just are pain in the butt. Some people are very different. Um, some people have different temperaments. All of that can still lead to a really beautiful, beautiful, meaningful relationship. But it can't if we don't manage those differences well. So, you know, it's not about having more similarities or more differences. Again, it's about how we manage both of those. Um, and this will determine our relational health. And so there's a thousand things to consider, but we have to reshape our understanding of what a conflict is even about and what the goal of it is and how to go about doing it. Um, the problem is when people think it's me against you and we make them an opponent, which is so fascinating to see where, you know, we're on the same team, we're in love, lots of care. And then something comes up that's a disagreement, a disappointment or a frustration. And we all of a sudden become opponents, even though we're really on the same team. And it's never about winning. It's never about being right. And it's never about convincing the other person. But that's what people often think it's about. I see that even in my office with patients, where when I'm doing couples therapy or sex therapy, I'll see that one of them really has has believed or has taken on this idea that that it's not about how they're going about it. So their tone of voice doesn't matter. Their word choice doesn't matter. They're like, I just need to get this out. No, that isn't what good conflict is about, just getting it out. Um, I just want to make sure that you know they understand. Oftentimes, it's not even about being understood. And they are trying to win. They're trying to be right. And they're trying to make sure that their version of reality becomes the, the decided upon and agreed upon reality. So I always give this movie example where... Two people or more, but let's say two people go see a movie. One of them loved it. One of them hated it. They're both right. 
And a healthy couple is like, oh, you hated it? Oh, wow, I really loved it. Let me tell you why I loved it. And the other person's like, great, let me tell you why I didn't love it. And you kind of just are like, oh, that's really interesting, different opinions. Let's go get ice cream. But the unhealthy couples or friendships, they, they get upset about that difference. They can't, they can't tolerate the idea that your experience is different than mine. And so I'm going to try to convince you into liking that movie. Or I'm going to convince you out of liking that movie and I'm going to make you feel bad or wrong. And I'm going to try to make myself correct. And it's like, you've just missed the entire, you've missed the entire point of socialization and relationship and trust and intimacy. It's about sharing and being known. It's not about being correct or being right or winning. And that is the inherent first issue around conflict is we, and I'll say to couples in my practice, listen, you are getting hung up on the actual topic and whether or not your house really is neat or whether it's really messy. And I'm trying to make you both aware of yourselves and how you're going about having this conversation. Because if we always just focused on the content and came up with someone being right and someone wrong, you will find yourself in the same dynamic around another topic because you still haven't learned how to manage disagreement. And so it's not about the topic itself. I'm watching you and I'm helping you learn how to communicate better, how to empathize more, and how to hold space with difference of opinion because it's not about winning and it's not about being right. <clears throat> and so some of this does become about the way we talk uh, about emotional regulation because that's always woven into conflict. Um, and so always remember how you begin a conversation has a huge impact and is a big determinant as to, as to how that conversation will go. If we come in and we're starting off at a five or an eight, well, we only have, we're, we're already dysregulated, which means we're more sensitive to further dysregulation. And we, we're that close to hitting a 10. We want to come in at a zero. And that's hard for a lot of people. So I'll say to them, you don't look like you're ready to have this conversation because you're not coming in at a zero. And as I will say over and over on the show all the time, we don't have conversations when we're not calm, cool, and collected. And we also shouldn't be starting conversations when we haven't taken some time to sit with or digest the material. We don't have impulsive, automatic, on-the-fly conversations like that. Come in at a zero, which means maybe we'll talk about it later. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. But you have to care more about the relationship than you do about being right, being correct, or being known. Sometimes you have to shelve that. That's what healthy people do. This relationship means more to me than this topic or my feelings about it. So yeah, let's talk about it tomorrow. And in the meantime, let's go get some ice cream. We stay connected and loving in the meantime. It's not like, well, until we have this talk, I'm just going to hate you. But that's what some people do. So now it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable because we don't agree and we're not able to talk about it and we're going to come back to it and we're just going to be acting out discomfort. No, that's not it either. But the whole point I want you to walk away with is it has to be about the relationship <laughs> because that is what it's always about. And it can't be about the topic or the content. And part of that is how we enter it. How, again, I'll say it, how we begin or enter a conversation has a huge impact and, deter and is a big determinant of how it's going to go and how it's going to end and how it's going to feel. And we have to care about that. And if not, well then, yikes. Then what are you doing with that person as your friend, as your loved one? If what means more is this other stuff. Then we got personality disorder issues and all sorts of other stuff. So we'll come back. We'll talk more about this. Um, and like I said, we'll be doing some DMs. So questions, topics. Drop them all in there. I want to get other people's needs met as we get your needs met because whatever you're wondering about or trying to figure out something around someone else might be. So that's where we drop all those tips, tools, and tricks in. So share your topics and your questions with us in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. 
And as always, past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. Binge, post, re-listen, and share. It's where all these good topics are housed. But stick around. we got more to come. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all. We're back, and we're talking about bump, 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 fighting, and conflict. Yeah, that's where we show ourselves. That's where we tell on ourselves. That's where we demonstrate to ourselves, our partner in the world, how healthy we are. When things are going good, they're going good. It's easy. We're not demonstrating health or wellness or safety or security or trust when things are going well or commitment. We demonstrate commitment. Let's start with that for a second. We demonstrate commitment and care based on how I'm going to treat you when I'm upset or disappointed with you or a situation. That's when I really show if love is in our relationship and how much of a care taker I am and um, how much commitment I have to you because people that when they're upset or angry or disappointed or in times of conflict, when they make you an enemy or an opponent, or they turn on you, that is not an act of care or commitment. And you should be like, yikes noted you abandon me in the relationship when you're upset and let down that isn't enhancing or, or making me feel safe. And I want us to really hold people accountable. Don't, don't let that not matter. Um, but first start with yourself. Do you do that before you start pointing the finger and saying, yeah, my partner does it. My partner needs to be better about that. Or my best friends like that. How about you? Are you starting at a zero when entering a conversation or conflict? Because you care about this person in the relationship. Are you using conflict to connect and to be known more and to build safety and trust? Because if every time something goes wrong and we're disappointed or frustrated and conflict happens, if we turn on someone or we turn away from the relationship, well, then that's a demonstration of having one foot out. And part of trust and commitment is I'm here through the good and the bad. And the bad is when I'm upset or frustrated or disappointed, I, I'm, I'm still here emotionally and psychologically and literally physically, but like I don't turn on us. I don't throw you or our relationship under the bus in those difficult moments. So again, in the difficult times is when you show your health, but somehow people think that that doesn't matter. Well, I was really upset. So of course I said hurtful things. What? You, no, you didn't just excuse that abuse because you're upset, but some people let themselves off the hook as though we should expect that. Nope. Healthy people all day long are doing the work so as to not harm themselves, others, or the relationship when disappointed and angry and frustrated and don't create damage. So it isn't expected. It isn't, you know, norm, normal. It isn't okay. It isn't appropriate. That, that is when it matters most, even as a parent. I've said this on the show before. When your child is struggling and triggering you is when you most have to, when you have to be your best. It's when you're most needed to be your best. That's when you show what kind of good a parent you are. Not when things are going well and easy. It's in those difficult times that you really show what you're made of. And your partner should be tracking and paying attention. That's one of the things I bring up in couples work all the time. Everything counts. And your partner's continued interest in being in this relationship and feeling safe and is determined by how you're talking and, and, and what you're doing right now when you're upset and frustrated. You aren't let off the hook right now. This doesn't not count. It does. But sometimes people even think that in therapy. It, they, they'll think therapy is the place where I can bring my worst. No, therapy is the place where I expect you to practice your best. I'm going to help you through it. But therapy isn't you know, a receptacle for you to just vomit your dysregulated stuff. And if your partner's in the room all over them, no. This is where we practice being better so that I can trust you're going to go do that work outside of here. But if you can't even do it here in front of me as I'm helping regulate you and help you learn about yourself and holding up a mirror and giving you skills and talking you through it and being essentially an amygdala um, whisperer, I do not trust that you're going to be able to take this out into the world and practice it. 
So start at a zero, because again, as I said in the earlier segment, how we enter and begin a conversation has a huge effect and determined as to how it goes next. And if you are not feeling cool, calm, and regulated, you are not ready to talk about it, even if it's just your feelings about the movie. If your partner's like, God, I really loved it, and you hated it, and you're like, oh, that's upsetting, it wasn't good, what are they talking about, I can't believe they said that, you're not ready to vocalize anything. Keep your mouth closed until you can calm down and say, wait a second, they're allowed to have a different opinion than me. I'm not right. They're not wrong. I don't need to convince them. I can just say, tell me more because I felt very differently. But you have to be able to say it like that and feel it like that. And so that's the most important skill with conflict is that (laughs) what I just said. I know because that often means we have to come back to things. But like I also tell my couples when you're away on vacation at, at a wedding, at a funeral, on date night, that is not the time to allow conflict. And you have to learn how to shelve it because those things might emerge. You might be on vacation. Something comes up that's very upsetting. You have to say, listen, we're on vacation. Now is not the time to process this. It's not an emergency. We have to be able to shelve it. and We'll come back to it when we get home. Or like I say to my couples, you do not have important or triggering or difficult conversations over text. So you're going to have to, while upset, while you're out of the house or at work, wait until you get home out of respect for your partner in the relationship and yourself and have that conversation face to face. You have to be able to just still love them and still be focused and do what you need to do until you get home. That is part of it. And we have to be able to practice that. So we're going to have to learn how to delay these conversations because we're not ready or because we're not in front of or with them. When you're out of town is not the time for this. Over text messages is not the time for the time for this, unless it's a true acute emergency. And most of the time it's not. And so you have to say, we'll get, we'll talk about this when we get home. We'll talk about this when I return to town. We'll talk about this, you know, when we're not on vacation. Yeah. It's not ignoring it or sweeping it under the rug. It's being appropriate. So you have to learn how to compartmentalize and stay connected and still be in love and still be kind until we can get back to that conversation. That's like that added little um, secondary piece. I'm going to still have to stay connected and loving until. All right, we're going to come back and do some DMs. So uh, stick around for that. Questions you got, topics, bam, in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris. Sliding into the DMs. This friend is dating this girl. They've been together for like three years. Recently, I just found out that he has been seeing his ex. Uh, Okay, so your best friend who's been dating a girl for three years also is seeing his ex. I think that's what you're telling me. He told me casually, (laughs) just kind of dropped that, huh? Uh, that they just kind of see each other every once in a while, but I don't agree with it. I know it literally has nothing to do with me, but it's not fair to watch him hurt her like that. And I've gotten really close to his girlfriend. Is there a way I can convince him to tell her without me saying it? I guess I'm a little unclear. Is he just seeing her or are they being sexual together and romantic? Is he in a monogamous relationship with the girlfriend of three years? I have so many questions because people are allowed to be friends with their exes. There is nothing wrong with that. I'm friends with all of my exes. They will always be a part of my life. I will always continue to see them. And whoever I'm in a current relationship with, if they don't trust me enough to be comfortable with that, well, then they shouldn't be with me because they don't trust me. And I'm very much worthy of trust. And I don't want to be around people that put weird, arbitrary controls and boundaries on me. Um, my exes, much like maybe this person have been in my life for a long time and I love them deeply. And just because we're not romantic or sexual doesn't mean I don't get to have access to the other parts of them I enjoy. And it's about boundaries and trust. 
And I, I would never be willing to be with someone who didn't understand or agree with that. I'm not removing people from my life when someone new enters because I don't accommodate people's anxiety or their jealousy when it's inappropriate. You don't have to honor people's inappropriate jealousy. Hear that. Lovingly try to help them process it. Be have a right to say, yeah, I don't agree with that. I'm sorry you're jealous of me seeing my ex. I'm worthy of trust if you really are. If you're not, well then, shame on you. But if you're worthy of trust and the boundaries are in place, you have a right to say, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't honor that. That's not appropriate jealousy. We don't, just because someone's made anxious by something doesn't mean we have to honor it. People have to learn how to manage their anxiety if it's not appropriate. And it's not appropriate to try to control another human being if they're worthy of trust. But as I always say, if you're dating someone who you can't trust, please stop dating them. Because the work is either they're not worthy of trust, get the heck out, or you need to learn how to trust if someone is worthy of trust. And that's a great time to practice that. We don't enter people's lives and people don't bring us into their lives to make their, our lives harder and to have us controlled and to make our lives shrink. Now, if it is an inappropriate version of that, be a good friend and call them out. Yo, dude, knock that off. I'm friends with your girlfriend. That's crap. And, and also I would say to him, don't you put me in positions like that. If I had a friend and I was friends with their partner and they told me and put me in a position where I had to keep a secret like that, I'd be pissed. I would be like, you do not put me in positions like that where I have to hold a secret for you. And at that point I'd say, you need to, you need to handle this or I'm gonna handle it because I wouldn't be forced to keep secrets. I'm not gonna do that. But I also don't hang out with people that do things like that. And I would lovingly be a good friend and coach my friends to have more ethics than to be, if monogamous with one, still seeing or sleeping with someone else. That's a sexual health issue about STDs and STIs. That is a breach of trust and care. When we're dating someone, they are in our care. And if we don't take that seriously, then we are not healthy enough to be dated. So there's so much work in that. Some jealousy is appropriate, some isn't. But you need to say to your friend, I'm not holding a secret like that for you, how dare you? And I care for you, and I care for my friend who's your girlfriend. And I will tell her if you don't tell her, clean it up. And there's your answer, because that's an unfair thing to do. So there's kind of a lot in there, and I have some more questions to kind of clarify that, but I think we got the main points across. Just be nice. Like that's really what it all comes down to. You know, we're very self-centered often in our decision making and we don't consider how others are impacted and we need to. Um, and breaking trust like that is really hard to get back. And I, as the friend, would struggle to trust my other friend if I knew that they were willing and capable to do things like that. So tell him outright to clean it up or you're gonna clean it up and tell him not to put you in that position again. And ask him to check in with his ethics, you know? All right, y'all, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page in the question uh, in the DMs, I guess I just said that. Uh, any questions you got, you're helping others as you're helping yourself, always anonymous and confidential. And uh, maybe you got a topic you want us to hit or something you want us to circle back to. Love hearing about that as well. Past episodes of the show, you can re-listen to all of our episodes and DMs. That's over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff. Um, stick around. We got, a, we got a whole lot more to come, y'all. Don't go anywhere when that music comes comes on, you dance. But when you go to wearechannelq.com, check out some of those other shows as well. Good stuff over there. All right, y'all, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris and Channel Q. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about fair fighting and how to manage conflict with all the individuals that are important to us in our life because how you manage conflict says to the other person, this is how healthy I am. It says to the other person, this is what you can count on or feel safe with. I'm showing my care right now. I'm showing you how much you can trust me, how much commitment I have based on how I'm dealing with you and the situation when I'm frustrated, disappointed, let down, or angry. 
counts. There's no such thing as, yeah, but I was angry, so forget about what I said or did. Oh, no, 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 that counted because you just showed me what you do when you're angry and upset, and there'll be more of that, so I should expect more of this, and it's not acceptable, and I'm out. It does matter. It does count. Everything matters. Everything counts. Even like with dating, how you treat someone on the app before you actually meet them and go on a date, that counts and that matters. How you treat them while dating before you're actually their partner, that counts and that matters. It, it, it can't not. It, it, even if you want to believe it doesn't, socially, it psychologically does. It gets built into our nervous system. It gets built into our psyche. Every, nothing is neutral. Nothing is neutral at all. And that's the good thing, but more importantly, the bad thing. So we have to be on our better behavior. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine really taking responsibility for someone being in our care, which... Anyone in our life that we have a relationship with is in our care, and we have to take that seriously, how we impact people. Um, so we were talking about a thousand things. The first that, you know, healthy conflict is not about being right. It's not about convincing someone of your opinion. It's not about fighting. It's not about winning. It's about monitoring through the entire duration of that conversation how you're impacting each other and realizing that we should be using this as a way to get closer. It's okay to disagree, but that shouldn't separate us. We shouldn't be making each other enemies out of that. You have to learn how to disagree, but we, we manage it best by coming in at a zero, coming in calm. And if we're not, now's not the time. And we come back to it. Also, we don't do important things over, over text or why we're out of town or why we're on vacation. Yeah. You have to learn how to say, we'll come back to it. We don't deal with that right now. Wait till we're at home when it's safe, when it's appropriate. Yep, you have to learn how to do that. Or you have to learn how to say, I'm feeling a little dysregulated. Now is not the time for me to process this with you. We'll come back to it. Um, and that means coming back. Also, here's another one. Dun, 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 drum roll. Stick to the topic. I watch a lot of people during conflict think, now's the time to just pile it all on. I'm gonna tell you everything that bothers me. Or I'm, or I'm gonna take my turn too and grab the microphone and say, okay, well, let me tell you what I think's wrong with you. No, 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 no. If someone says, hey, listen, we need to talk about something or a conflict emerges, you stay on that topic and that topic only. And if your partner says to you or your friend says to you, I need to talk about something you did that disappointed me, you don't get to make it about you and say, well, let me also take a moment to tell you something. No, we finish this topic first and then we'll get to your topic. And it is suspect that you're using this moment to air your issues because you could have done that whenever you wanted to. But we're going to stay at the one main topic first, and then we'll get to that. I even I say it to my patients as they're like, okay, well, let me tell you what I'm upset about. And I'm like, hold on. You can tell me, and I'll write it down, and we'll come back to it. Maybe not even in today's session, but we're going to get through this first. You're not going to derail, and you're not going to gaslight, and you're not going to throw us off course. We're going to stay in this topic. So remember that. Stick to the issue. We don't, we don't spiral out. We don't lose our way. We don't talk about all the other things. We don't air all of our grievances. We stay with the point. That's hard for a lot of people because when we're dysregulated, we lose ourselves and we, and, we, and we forget that we're talking to someone we propose to care about. And we forget that the work is about staying close and connected. We forget that how this goes determines whether or not we feel safe doing this again and whether or not we'll open up again. Um, but, that ha but when people have it wrong, they think my point is to convince you or to win or to be right, all the wheels fall off. And that's when damage occurs. It's not good. And that's part of mental health is understanding that people are going to have different experiences and different opinions, and there is no right or wrong. There's preferences. That's it. There's very few times when there's a solid black and white right or wrong. It's usually just preferences and differences in values. And that's what a lot of people are often battling about. 
And you have to be open to understanding the other person. In fact, that's a huge part of conflict or any conversation is not just about making your perspective or opinion known, but also learning about the other. And that's how we walk away better as the result of conflict is we've learned more about our partner, how they see the world, what's important to them, what they value. So make sure you're seeing it that way. Don't just focus on what you're trying to say. Also focus on and stay curious and open to learn about the other. Right, go back to my movie example, which is a lower level one. That's why I use it and people are less rigid. But if we go see a movie and you loved it and I hated it, I don't need to convince you that it was bad. I need to learn from you as to why you enjoyed it so I can understand you more. Oh, you liked the fact that blah, blah, blah. Wow, I didn't know that you liked things like that. Good to know. And I'm brought closer and I understand you more. And we bond over that. I don't make you feel stupid or put you down because you enjoyed an element or an aspect of it that I didn't. There's no right or wrong. It's just my preference is different than yours, but I got to learn more about you through you sharing yours with me and vice versa. So you have to be open and receptive to the other person's experience. Um, for some people, and I don't tend to go this route in my practice, but there is some old school communication models where they have you repeat back. Like what I'm hearing you say is, I don't utilize that. It can feel very uh, elementary or patronizing, but for some people it's helpful for you to repeat back what you heard them say so that they know you really heard them and you understand. Hey, I'm hearing you say that you really value blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, try it. For some people it's important. All right, we're gonna come back and talk more about this. So don't go anywhere and then we'll be doing some DMs. So uh, stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're just uh, processing conflict and fair fighting because this is what makes relationships fall apart, weakened, more fragile, distant. Uh, the inability to really be transparent and vulnerable and say, hey, this is what's going on. Because remember, sometimes we don't have those conversations because we don't trust that our relationship can tolerate it. And then we lose intimacy and we start drifting and nothing improves. So we care about the impact this conflict has on each other and the relationship and we use it to get closer not to win, not to be right, not to make someone feel bad, not to be abusive. So we start at a zero. We come in cool, calm, and collected. Otherwise, we're not ready. And we stop when we realize we're getting dysregulated or too upset. Um, and we don't just do things impulsively. We digest them and work them through a little bit first. We also don't have difficult conversations when we can't be face-to-face. -face. We don't do it over text. We don't do it on vacation. We don't do it while we're out of town either. Those aren't the right times, and we learn how to come back to it. That is an important skill. And we stay on topic. Now is not the time for us to spiral out into other topics and air all grievances. All right, I hear you. You have issues too. I don't know why you're bringing up now, but you are. And let's finish this first, and then we'll get to that. We can even write it down and go one by one. But you, we don't just take the mic, passing it back and forth, and uh, get sidetracked and just air every grievance we've ever had. And that's what some people do. You know, they just are unable to sit in that space, and they feel like. They're just going to dump it all in there. We don't do it like that. So stay on point. That's how things actually get resolved. Um, what else do we want to think about? We kind of talked a little about not fighting to win. It's not about that. It really isn't because oftentimes it's just about preferences and opinions, but we make it like it's a fact like, oh, well, you should, all, you know, there should never be dishes in the sink. Actually, that's not true. That's not a rule. That's not a law. It's not a fact. It's a preference. Yeah, it's an opinion. You'd like it if they weren't, but sometimes it's okay if they are. You know, no one's right or wrong. And how we manage those conversations mat matters more than you convincing me that you're correct, that dishes should never be in the sink. It's not a rule. Um, and also, we're all raised differently. I remember once, this is a long time ago, I was working in this group practice where we all shared a kitchen. There was a lot of us. 
and um, I was putting a dish in the uh, dishwasher. And one of my other colleagues was like, it doesn't go in there like that. And I was like, actually, there's no right way to put them in here. There might be the way the manufacturer claims we should put them in there. There might be the way your mom trained you to put them in there. But there is no law. There is no rule. The water gets in there. It's placed in the right way where the soap and the water can get to it. There's actually no right way. You'd prefer it a different way. But it's not my job to accommodate everyone's preference. Um, it's actually everyone's job to let people live the life in the way that makes sense to them as long as it's not bothering anyone. And the way I put my bowl in the dishwasher really shouldn't be something that bothers you to that extent. Now, of course, I didn't say all of that, but that's what's built in there. It's a preference, just a different preference. No one's preference is more meaningful than anyone else's. No one's opinion is more legitimate than anyone else's. No, no one's feelings are. But oftentimes, because maybe it's more of a norm or it's more traditional, we think we're right. You're not. You can use. You can put your fork on the right side if you want. There's no law, you know. Uh, I remember my mom used to say, "Don't put your elbows on the table." Why? Who cares? You know what I mean? No law, no rule. I'm comfortable that way, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do it because I feel comfortable that way. You'd prefer I didn't, so you you live by your preferences. But people will literally end relationships and throw down over a difference in values or preferences or how they were raised. Great, you were raised not put your elbows on the table. That doesn't mean I have to match with that. You're not correct, and your needs and feelings about it aren't any more meaningful, legitimate than mine. Let me have body autonomy and sit on the table in the way that I'm comfortable, as long as it doesn't impact you or anyone else here, and this doesn't. But people will end marriages and friendships and have throwdown fights and say abusive, horrible things they can't take back because they think their preference or opinion is more meaningful or legitimate than someone else's. It isn't true. And in fact, our inability to be open and adaptive and flexible around other people's lifestyles and how they live actually speaks poorly of us. We're saying more about us than we are about the person. My colleague commenting on my way of putting a dish in the dishwasher said more about them than it did about me because I'm harming no one and it doesn't matter and there is no law or rule around it, but they were so unable to tolerate difference and it was so triggering for them that they had to comment and try to correct me around it. It says everything about them because what they should have done is nothing because it doesn't matter. And in fact, if it did matter that much to them, they can put the bowl where they want to put it after I've left the room. Because that's sometimes the answer. Oh, the person in front of you at the movie is talking too loud. Ask them to quiet down. And if they don't, move. Move your seat. If you like the bed made a certain way, make it that way. Sometimes the solution is just you do it, you care more, you have more of a preference, you do it, and I'll do other things. Sometimes that resolves all issues. If you like the dishes done a certain way, you are captain of the dishes. You handle dishes and I'll handle watering the plants. You know, Issue solved. Sometimes it's that easy, but we have to be able to get there by calmly saying, hey, listen, you have a higher preference or you have an actual preference that I don't have for the way this is done. So let's resolve the conflict by understanding each other's needs and by handing off that responsibility to the person who cares more and not getting into a battle and not name calling and not attacking, not having a meltdown over it. That's the best way to resolve stuff like that. By being open, by not trying to win, by not trying to be right, but understanding that we both need to feel cared for while we discuss this and just landing in what we call a mutually beneficial outcome. All solutions have to be mutually beneficial to some extent. Otherwise, it is about winning. And someone's going to feel left out, controlled, resentful. Fair enough, you know? So sometimes we just do it. But we have to be able to get there. And some couples never get there. 
because they refuse to budge or to let go. And they think that their feelings, their needs, their experience, their preferences, their opinions are more legitimate or more true or more fact-based than someone else's. And that's not accurate. That's a cognitive distortion. And we have to be flexible. Everyone gets to live their life, you know? It can't be people always trying to live in someone else's world, but some people do it that way because I'm the man, because I'm the dad. No, those are made up Those are made up identities. Those don't give you power control. It doesn't make your comfort or feelings more meaningful than anyone else's. You know, we get hung up on that. All right, we're going to come back and unpack this just a little bit more. Fair fighting. Then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got some DMs, questions, or topics, put them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Stick around. We got more. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're just finishing up our discussion of fair fighting and conflict because that is one of the most meaningful determinants of the health of individuals and couples. And a lot of people don't have a lot of other people in their life because they don't manage disappointment and frustration well. And they end relationships over it. No relationship should ever end over conflict. Uh, It's not a good sign. We shouldn't be losing people because we don't know how to fight or express our opinions. We're not right, we're not correct, we're not trying to win, we're trying to understand each other, and we have to be able to be in relationship with people that don't agree with us and we don't agree with them. We don't know how to do that, we really don't. We have to come in at a zero saying, all right, let me come in calm. How we start this off will determine how it goes and how safe we feel. Let me remind myself I'm not trying to win, not trying to be correct, not trying to convince you, just trying to share. We have to stay on topic this one and only topic and figure this out. And then if there's something else we want to get to, we can stopping and coming back to it. If we're out of town or on vacation, that's not the time for conflict. We also don't do with deal with it over text. We wait until we're home and face to face, whether that's hours from now, days from now or weeks from now, we have to learn how to get to it and how to love each other and be kind and caring until then. Yeah, it's very important. Um, being open to other people's opinions, Uh, talking about ourselves, I statements, like I'm just kind of using some of these old school thing, use I statements, repeat back what you heard for some people that works a lot. I feel this way. I think this way. Um, a lot of people misunderstand though. They'll say they'll attack and they'll say, I'm just telling you how I feel. Feelings are words like sad, angry, happy. So if you're trying to tell someone how you feel, it should be, I feel sad when not you do this, you don't do that. Because remember, we've talked about this on another show, make requests, not criticisms. Hey, it would mean a lot to me if moving forward, you could put the toilet seat down. Hey, could you please remember to take the trash out on Fridays versus you're, you never, you don't care and criticize. That makes people defensive and that's actually picking a fight. We're making requests is how you let the person know what you need and they can safely hear you and you can talk about it. But that, if nothing else, just hear that from today's show. Make requests, not criticisms and come in at zero. We have to connect before we correct with children and with adults. Don't come in hot. I'm so mad at you. Really? Breathe. Because you don't come in hot. You come in at a zero. And we do that by connecting first. Hey, babe, how was your day? There's a few things on my mind I want to process, but I first wanted to calm down and ask you how your day was. Oh, that sounds great. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm feeling calm. We've connected. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're back together again. Okay, let me share with you what was on my mind. That's how it should go. And feel free to walk away if someone's not connecting first or coming in hot. Be like, whoa, this doesn't feel safe. Let's talk about this in a little bit of time. You don't have to stand there and let someone come, in at, come after you at a 10. Sometimes we have to be better and ahead of the person and say, listen, this doesn't feel good. You seem very dysregulated. We have to say that in a loving, non-patronizing way. But sometimes you have to reflect back to someone how they're coming at you because not everyone's aware of themselves. You know, 
So I've had to say it to some people, I don't feel safe with the way you're talking to me, the wording you're using or the energy. Let's come back and talk about this another time. Because a healthy person is aware of themselves and they would say that for themselves about themselves. Hey, I'm noticing the way I'm talking. I don't like the way I'm talking to you. Let me pause and come back to this. That's how it should ideally go. But sometimes we're not aware of ourselves and someone has to remind us. But got to be thoughtful about how you do that because that can make some people really frustrated and defensive. Um, Again, no name calling, no attacking. No one should be made to feel bad. We use conflict and fighting as a way to feel closer and to get to know each other, not as a way to make things worse. So we want to be brought closer and forward, not leaning out. You know, if you're one of those people where every conflict leads to hurt feelings and disappointment and letdowns, you ain't doing it right. And you need to listen to tonight's show over and over. <laughs> Take some notes. Uh, because an important part is this time's taking a break, being like, all right, let's come back to this. We're kind of losing ourselves. And we're going to have to sometimes go to bed angry because we can't get it all figured out tonight. And I'd rather people go to bed and figure it out tomorrow than stay up late, dysregulated, name-calling, and saying things they can't take back. And some people are like, no, we're going to stay up until we battle this out. That is not mental health. Take a break. Take the day, maybe. Take the week. Whatever you need to do. I tell some couples, we'll talk about this next week in therapy because we all realize as a group that they're not mature enough or don't have the skills to process this on their own between sessions and they have to learn how to be in love and stay connected while knowing that this is a work in progress that we're coming back to. That's an important skill. Um, and then finally, ready for this one, drum roll, what you do afterwards matters too. There needs to be some form of aftercare or reconnection after those difficult times. So you have to figure out what's gonna be our ritual. After we have hard conversations, we cuddle and we just sit in silence and cuddling so we feel close. After conflict, maybe we hold hands and go for a walk. After conflict, maybe we go get some ice cream. I don't know, but you need to figure out something that reconnects you, makes you feel safe and reminds you that yes, that just happened and maybe that was hard, but we still also love each other and look at how that brought us closer. So there has to be an aftercare or a reconnecting ritual of some kind. Healthy couples, you'll naturally see them doing that. Come here, honey, give me a, a hug. That was really hard. And they hold each other, whatever it is. Do that. Build that in. Because how it starts and how it ends matter more. Matter a lot, man. You got to bookend it like that. Come in loving, leave loving. And stop in the middle if you aren't being loving. You have to assess yourself. Healthy people are aware of themselves. And our partners, if we look at them, they're reflecting back how well it's going. If they're looking uncomfortable or they're looking sad or attacked, that's them letting us know it ain't going well and we need to adjust. Remember that. All right, we're going to go back and do some DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to uh, slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, put it all in there. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, getting married in three months. I realized that I'm starting to feel a little numb and off about all of it. When people ask me about if I'm excited, if I'm happy, if I'm ready, all I do, give them a little bit of a uh, generic smile. I was excited. I'm in love. But recently, kind of feel myself getting more and more unsure. Uh, is this normal? <laughs> yes, you're making a big deal. Our identities shift and change when we get married. We go from an I and a me to an us and a we. Everything shifts, everything changes. It doesn't have to if you've been in a secure relationship until then, but there's now the, you know, you're signing a contract. You are creating a legal and social identity shift and obligation. Um, don't don't panic over that, you know? There's a reason why, I wanna believe there's a reason why you've said okay to this, the, to the engagement and to the marriage. Give it a chance, see how it goes. I don't believe there's any red flags or deal breakers, um, but you're feeling the severity and the symbolism socially, um, legally, financially of what you're about to step into, but don't panic. <sighs> I don't know what else to say. I don't know much more, you know? Let's go to another DM. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I'm kind of in a little bit of a problem with one of my friends. He fell in love with me. He told me about it. I'm very open and honest. It was great. I appreciated it. However, I don't feel the same. There's the bomb, bomb, bomb. Uh, now, I feel like we can't just hang out. See, I answered a question like this before. I get a lot of repeat questions, y'all. So these questions sound familiar. It's because it's a lot of the same things that we cycle through. Um, I don't remember when I talked about this, but I think I was sharing with you. Maybe I didn't share this part last time I answered something like this, but um, I was talking to a friend about this and we were both kind of acknowledging how it would make us feel uncomfortable to some extent if someone who we thought we were friends with this whole time then confessed love out of nowhere because it can lead you to redefine what's been going on this whole time and make that intimacy you've built feel unsafe. And I've said this probably around 
topics like this that sometimes what has made us be able to be close and have our relationship work is because of the style and configuration around which we kind of built it. And so just because something feels good as friends doesn't mean we should try for more. Um, just because things feel good as a friends with benefits doesn't mean we should try for more because then the rules and expectations change. They shouldn't. Again, as I always say, we should offer our romantic partners the same freedom and leeway we give our friendships, but we tend to not. And so it can create more intensity and that can sometimes kill the relationship. So um, let me go back to your question. You said, I don't, I, I told them I don't feel that way. I feel like we can't hang out. Um, you said, I feel sometimes like I'm backed into a corner. It's a little unfair. Why do I have to change to, yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, you don't feel safe or comfortable anymore, but does this person have poor boundaries with you? Because in theory, if you have a deep friendship, maybe they're confused about how close that deep friendship feels. Not everyone's used to deep friendships. And so they somehow maybe romanticize or eroticize that and get confused. Or in fact, maybe they do have erotic feelings for you. You know, I have a few more questions about this, but in theory, I wouldn't want you to have to feel unsafe moving forward. So that tells me that maybe they're kind of acting that out somehow. So maybe you need to clarify, I'm definitely not interested in that and I need us to hold different kinds of boundaries. Um, but unfortunately, if they're pushing and pushing and that's what they're really going for, you might not be able to continue to have a friendship. So they might've ruined it with that, which again is why I always say, if you're friends, keep it at friends. Um, it can be a very unfair disclosure that can be very confusing and reorient the history and the current. So just make sure it's worth it. I don't agree that we don't. We should always tell someone or go for that. There's a thousand questions I always have people use before they make those decisions. So I'm sorry that happened. Um, that kind of stuff is highly unfortunate. <laughs> oh man, um, I know it gets very confusing. Um, not everyone, like I said, is very familiar with the fact that friendships can have some of these pieces that we sometimes leave for romantic relationships and that that doesn't have to mean anything other than we have a lot of depth. Uh, God bless. Hang in there. See how it goes. <laughs> Just communicate better. Set those boundaries. Um, all right. If you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveland IG page. Questions, things you want us to hit, circle back to, drop deeper into. Um, we are channelq.com. That's where you want to go to check out past episodes. Scroll down, click on it, binge, post, re-listen, and share. Spend the rest of the night focused on, uh, you know, kindness, softness. We're dropping the bar for ourselves and for those around us, building some uh, pleasure, joy, you know, rest a little bit, leisure. That's what we should be building into our lives. So build that in. Plan it for tomorrow as well. Um, but join us. We'll be back. As always, thanks for hanging out, y'all. You enjoy the rest of your night. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 